Welcome everybody to the Born Again Podcast. On today's episode we have our very own Zach Cromer. Hello everybody. Welcome. So we have Matt, Zach, Jarrett, and myself, and we're going to be going over Zach's recent archery, how to tune a bow, and a little bit about his business that he's started up here recently. Yeah. So tell us about yourself. All right. Uh, Zach Romer here. Uh, we, we introduced ourselves in the first um, episode a little bit, um, but uh, Zach Romer, I have, I'm from here in Northeast Ohio, um, living in Worcester Creston area, and uh, yeah, just uh, really dedicated myself to archery uh, the last 10 years of my life, and I've uh, been a bow technician for a pro shop around here, um, you know, just fell in love with the, fell in love with archery, and I kind of uh, got a little bit uh, focused on it, and uh, yeah, just really loving it, and it's basically all I do. So yeah, yeah. So let's just jump right into this weekend since it's fresh. But you had a big shoot, and you did well. Yeah. So I went, um, I went to the field national shoot over in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, uh, five hour drive. So that's fairly close for a large tournament. Um, as I said. Uh, in another part of this, they got cut out. I've, I've driven, uh, I've driven 10 hours for, uh, for a shoot before. So five is not terrible. I was talking to a guy this weekend, um, and he drove like 11 hours just to, uh, just to come out and shoot. So how, did, how did he do? Uh, he didn't do well. <laughs> it was good practice for him. He did well. I, you know, and I'm just teasing. He knows if he's watching this somehow. He, he probably is. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did fine. We love you. No, but... he actually did pretty well, honestly. I was just joking. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Where, where was I going with this? Yeah, so it was... Um, 11 hour. 11, yeah, five so hour five drive. hour drive. Um, it's this, field, this was the field national shoot in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. Um, I've been shooting a lot of field archery at home, um, but I've never gone to a national uh, shoot for field archery. So this was my first one. I was super excited. And my goal before I got out there was to make top 10. And um, I knew I was, I know I'm a good shot and I do well locally. Um, so the top 10 goal was like, you know, that should be, that should be pretty attainable. Like I'm not too worried about that. And um, I met my goal and I got humbled with 10th place. So I am, I'm happy about it. Um, but it also gave me a ton of drive um, in the fu- in, in the near future. Um, but yeah, so uh, quickly to go over the format. Um, it's a five day format for amateurs um, I won't get too crazy technical with a lot of the guys watching this, probably hunters. Um, but there's a hunter round, an animal round, and a field round. And you can shoot out of all of the points, you can shoot 1,708 points um, total <laughs> out of three different styles of field. And um, I, came away, I came away with 1,680 points. Um, so that was good enough for 10th place. Um, but yeah, so that was, it was a great shoot. Um, I learned a lot. It's a lot of arrows and, um, I just, I love that. I love that. I got to shoot so much. I think I got to, you can shoot almost 500 arrows for score at this tournament. And there are not many tournaments out there that you can shoot 500 arrows. Most tournaments you go to, it's like 30 arrows. Yeah. 30 arrows for each day. Is it four days? Yes. It was a... You went for four days. I went for four days. But you can shoot five days. You can shoot up to five days as an amateur. Um, and you can take two of your best rounds from the animal and then two of your best rounds from the field. And then, um, I'm sorry, I no, messed that hunter. up. Two of your best rounds from the hunter, two of your best rounds from the field, and one animal. one animal. And like I said, you guys can, if you're interested, which I hope you are, you can look up um, field hunter and animal round targets. Um, and you can take a look and see what those uh, see what those look like. But yeah, I mean, it was it was a great shoot. I shoot a lot of arrows. 
Um, and that's what I love about it. I mean, like Matt said, you go to like an ASA tournament, which if you're watching this, there's 3D archery called ASA or IBO. You'll shoot 40 arrows in a whole weekend in like three days. So, you know, I enjoy the aspect of being able to shoot more and there's more forgiveness in your score. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, that's, you know, field is my passion and, uh, I was happy to come away with my, I hit my goal and well, I was happy good, about buddy. that. I'm yeah. We were definitely happy. Yeah, I appreciate it. I was impressed. Yeah. I appreciate it. So, and I'll go into this because this is what we're here for, but I should have been a lot higher than 10th place. Actually, I, I wanted to talk about that. Yeah, we're going to talk about this. I have to. <laughs> yeah, and I haven't, I don't understand what happened. So okay. This will be the first time for me hearing it. So, so I, tell, them, tell them what happened, Grover. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Hold on. Let's, let's throw a little teaser into this. So tell them where you would have landed if you wouldn't have had yeah. this mistake. So... Uh, and with, then we'll get into the mistake. with additional morale. I probably would. I know it, without <laughs> the additional morale of of doing my mistake, I would have landed in fifth place. Um, without the this and guys, one this is a this is a national tournament. Like not to not to you know Pat Cromer on the back and just say you know he's honestly like this is and this is amateur too. This isn't professional. Yeah, but so, it's still a national. It's, it's tournament. still that, like, and it's good. I mean, it was a good turnout for the you amateur did really class. Well. So. Okay, so this is – I'll get deep into the weeds here for a second. <laughs> so if, with this field national tournament, you can shoot two of the hunter and two of the field. And the cool part is you get to take your best score out of those two. Well, guess which round I messed up on? I messed up on the animal round, which you only get to shoot one of those for score. <laughs> of course. So that was perfect. Um that was great. Well, what happened? Well, I'm going to get there. <laughs> so on this animal round, on this animal round, if you look at the target, actually, I know most of you probably don't want to look it up. But anyway, if you look up this target, the dot, if you're, if you're watching this on YouTube, the dot is ranges from the size of a dime to about the size of a quarter or a little bit bigger. Okay. And you have to shoot that 28 times from about 13 yards to 59 yards. Okay. So my first two targets. I thought it was 63. No, no, no. 59 or 60 is the max okay. on the animal round. Gotcha. And um, so the first two targets, you know, you're shooting at a small die. I think the first one was like 30-some yards. The second one was like 50-some yards. And so I'm like, all right, I need to relax so I can start hitting these dots, right? I'm like, I got to start rela- – I got to relax. I'm too tense. I need to start hitting these dots. So I get to the next target, and um, I some for some reason, I'm telling myself to relax. Well, I do – I relax – as I'm at full draw and I'm not on the target yet, so I am. Uh, I'm drawing back. I I, I kind of hit my back wall, and um, sorry, I hit the springs here. And I re- decided to rotate my uh, ring finger and my <laughs> middle finger before I was on the target. So my arrow misfired, and I got I dropped five points from that. Cromer sent one thirty feet over the bed. I didn't do that. It wasn't that bad. Did you find the arrow? No, I did not. Oh, <laughs> Nationals is set up very safely, so nobody it was nobody was in danger. <laughs> nobody was in danger. And there's a quick side note: over in um, over in Redding, California, there are three people have been shot. So by accident. I thought it was like three people a year. No, 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 like total. So you know you and just gotta be very careful. How many careful. people at that event? A lot, a thousand. Yeah. So, Thousands. Yeah. So, but anyway, the, the we we actually had a meeting that weekend at Field Nationals that says no sky drawing, and which means. You can't be pointing your bow at the sky and then, ha- you know, because if something like that happens, it's a misfire. Mine was not pointing in the sky. It was just barely over the horizon. It was the horizon. It was not the horizon. <laughs> yes, it, it was like, not the horizon. It wasn't sky. It was You're going to get me banned from an NFAA event, okay? <laughs> so it was not sky drawn. It was just barely over the target. So, and then I said, 
go ahead and relax. And I wasn't even aiming at the target yet, so that was my misfire. But anyway... <clears throat> well, luckily, explain explain this because so technical, but yeah, if you would have been on the field or hunting around, you would have got a zero. Yeah, if so, but because it was an animal, you still made up those points. Kind of, I still lost five points. You lose five points either way. So if you hit True the dot, that. if True you hit that. the dot, yeah, I was like, oh, I still, you still, you are, still you're still lost, down five points. You still lost five points. It actually been better to do it on the hunter round because I could have made up for it. But anyway, it's a lot of crazy stuff going technical on. Technical points. A lot of technical stuff. None of you're gonna catch. But anyway, when you miss the first arrow, you can walk. There's three or four bricks on a far distant target. I got to walk up to the next brick, which was like 40-some yards, and I hit the dot. And like I said, it's about the size of a quarter. So I caught the 17 points out of a possible 21, but that's a five-point swing. And if I had a shot, a 1685, that would have put me in fourth or fifth place. So, And that's what's crazy about these tournaments is you shoot – Three, I think, what did I write down? How many arrows do I shoot for score? Hold on, I wrote this down. I thought I did. I didn't. But anyway, you shoot almost 300 arrows for score, and one major mistake, you might as well not pack your bags, but you basically got kicked out of the top five if you, you know, if you're a good shot. So, lesson learned, but I will say um, that gave me some drive is, for the next Is one. that your first misfire ever in, like, a tournament I think standpoint? so. Actually, I think so. In a major tournament? Yeah, I missed up my sight. But I've never – I don't think I've ever had that happen before. So what a perfect time um, yeah. for that to happen. <laughs> perfect I'm, first. I'm very happy that was when it happened. So, But, no, it was good. I mean, I, I re- that tournament was one of the best I've ever gone to. It was ran really well. Um, yeah, it's – and field uh, – 3D is really taken over, and field has kind of taken a step back in the tournament archery world. Um, but I would like to see it pick up again because, I mean, it truly – like field archery, it truly is like – it shows who is the best archer you are shooting from 20 feet to 80 yards and you're shooting a lot of arrows and it just it just weeds out the people that know what they're doing 50 yards and in so and it's i mean it's it's super technical you have to switch targets you have to go up and down left and right you have to know which side of the course you're on i mean so much it's so technical but that's what makes it challenging and fun um is the technicality of it in my opinion so yeah but yeah, so that was Field Nationals. I could talk to another hour about it, but nobody's going to know what's going on <laughs> because I know you guys hunt mostly if you're watching this. So, um, But yeah, if you guys uh, follow my Third Access Designs page or follow me, and you can message me if you got questions about it, if you care. If not, I understand, but I'm happy to talk about it. It's my favorite thing on the planet. So so I got a question for you. Yeah. From first to tenth place, what was the point separation? I have, have a screenshot of it. Hold on a second. So from first place was a sixteen ninety one and um tenth place was a sixteen eighty. So, so eleven points. eleven point swing. And five yeah. of those was a misfire for me. And then, you know, you also got you know, you think about what ifs, the what ifs, you know, if I had that, if I'd hit that dot or if I hadn't had that you know, how the rest of my weekend have gone. Yeah, yeah, confidence. I mean, archery's, I mean, confidence is everything when you're shooting your bow. And if you would have hit that dot, yeah, it could have changed the it weekend. Changed, yeah, it could have you know. changed the weekend. So, but what ifs don't count? Um, so, <laughs> unfortunately, I'm not. stuck with 10th place, but like, it really gave, it gave me the drive to work harder at it. I know what I need to do for the next event. Um, and to me, that, I mean, I'm just, I'm passionate about it. And that's, I'm excited because. I know before I die, my goal is to go to that event and win it. So, yeah. and I and I know that I can do it. You can. So. Do it. You, you can. Yeah, for sure. tw- I just turned twenty-seven, so I've got a you couple got years before I have <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, but I'm going quit. next year. So. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> boy's gonna run him for his yeah. money. <laughs> yeah, so I'll have to. I'll have to. You know, 
pet, you know, take care of Matt when he has a misfire, shoots the wrong target. <laughs> and I was proud, real quick to wrap it up, I was proud of myself because I never shot the wrong target, technically, and I never misset my sight. I almost misset my sight probably three or four times. One time I was at full draw, and I was looking at the target. I'm like, this doesn't feel right. I let down. It was a 20-yard target, and my sight was set at 57 yards. <laughs> so luckily, I noticed that you my peep sight. That one oh, I would have been in the wood probably. <laughs> I would have well, shot the wood beam that holds the target in. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, 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 I did a lot of things I'm proud of, and I hit my goal. Um, but it did humble me because, like, ah, I can do top ten. And then yeah. Jesus said, here's tenth place, so work harder next time. Yep. But, yeah, so, good. yeah, that was cool. That's I, good I enjoyed it. So we'll wrap that part yeah, up. Yeah, wrap that part yeah. up. Let's go into tuning a bow. Sure. Um, let's see here what kind of questions we got. Derek, did you have anything good to start with? Yeah, well, something that I was curious about is – if you look up like on YouTube and you're like, how to tune your bow, there are so many different ways to tune your bow. Yeah. And something that I was wondering is like, which one is the easiest to do at home for the guy that just wants to either tune it or check it and he doesn't have all the tools? like Or Zach Cromer. Yeah, or Zach Cromer you can stop at the my phone house. Call. You know, if you live in Northeast Ohio, you can stop by. Just text me first. And like, then, yeah. paper tuning is, like, basic, right? No, yeah, not no. at all. Not at all. I mean, so... Uh, it shows all, I how have, much I know. Cause I have no, Cromer. it's fine. It's it, And this is why we're doing this, because, um, like I said, I've been a bow tech for... I was a bow tech for eight or nine years, um, and I learned, I learned a lot in the pro shop that most people will never um, get to know. Um... But that's changing now because of YouTube and because of the internet. I mean, a lot of guys can learn this stuff at home. But I, I kind of you asked this, you sent me this question, and I wrote it down in, in this way. Um, if you know, to, if you want to, <clears throat> let me back up. There's a lot of pro shops out there, and there's a lot of pro shops that know what they're doing, and there's a lot of pro shops that hired a guy last weekend, and he knows as much as you, but he has the tools, and you don't. So, I mean, it's if you really care about your bow tune and you want to take this seriously, um, I wrote down you just need about a hundred bucks, and these are the things that I suggested to just to get started because I mean you're listening to this to learn something. So, you know, these are the things that I would do if you want to learn how to work on your own equipment just to start. Um, let's see here. We kind of went down the middle of this. And not to interrupt you here, Go but ahead. as of a couple of years ago, I knew nothing about tuning a bow. I mean, you yeah. went to wherever you purchased your bow, mm -hmm. they put your rest on there, got it close, put your sight on there, you went home, sighted it in for 20, 30, yes. 40 yards, and you were hunting with that. Yeah, and I mean, that's a great, and that does the job for most people, obviously, because that's what 90% of people probably do. Right. But, you know, you can go to the next level, and it's not that difficult. So I said 100 bucks is about what you need. And the first thing you have to get is a is a vice, okay? And it's and the vices that are professional are very expensive. Excuse me, they're about two hundred fifty to three hundred dollars. So I was scrolling through Facebook one time, and somebody came up with the idea of a bike vice, okay? And they're like thirty seven dollars on Amazon. I even took a screenshot of it, and I'll mention it here in a second. But if you can get a, a bike vice, and if you're watching this on YouTube. Basically, it just mounts to your table, and it's just, it just has like um, a gap in it that can be tightened like a vice, and you can put it in your uh, the, on the grip of your bow, 
And what you can do is you can mount to the table, and then your bow can be floating in midair, and that's the and that's the start because you have to be able to work on it, with work on it without being on a table. Yeah. So a bike vise, and then you need a string level, you need an arrow level, and a tape measure, and those three things. Those are the three things that you need just to get started, and it's 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 a hundred bucks or less. I mean, it's not it's not too bad to start. Um, but you, what, you know, a lot of guys, you can check to see how the pro shop did things. I know some pro shops that don't even use levels. Um, and they just eyeball it and they hand it back to you and it gets the job done. But, you know, I think we're here to like maybe get a little bit go better to the than next, yeah, level. next level. Yeah. Go to the next level instead of just getting the job done. And to double check people's work. People have off days. People haven't drank their coffee yet. Um, or they just don't care sometimes. Um, but yeah, and then on top of that, when you go to order stuff, try to go through your, your local pro shops. This podcast is not saying... Stay home and don't go to your pro shops. We need the pro shops. We have to keep them going. We got to keep the brick and mortar stores. If there's an emergency, you can't wait two days. You know, you got to have those pro shops to, to take yep. care of some emergencies. So, you know, the things at the string level, the air level, um, and not the bow vice probably. You might have to go through Amazon on that one. But, um, you know, we want to keep, you know, start your bow shop, your pro shop, and try to order those things through them. And some, and, and, a lot of these places have Lancaster accounts, so they can just order whatever you want through Lancaster a lot of the time. Um, Lancaster Archery is the biggest um, seller of archery products on the planet. Um, if you don't know it, check out their website. Not we're sponsored. We're not sponsoring anything, but it's cool. And um, so yeah, so those three things to start, and you can check. You know, you put your bow on the vise. You you put the string level on your bow. You make sure you make sure it's level. You put the arrow on the D loop, and then you put you you know you put your rest up, and you just check to see if everything's not if it's knock level, your bow's level. That's the first thing. I mean, that's that's literally the first thing to check because you're gonna have rough arrow flight if things are not level, and that's just my opinion. There's a lot of people that say just eyeball it and then paper tune it. It's a, that works, but I like to start with perfection and being level. That's my that's how I like to do it. Right off the top. Right off the bat is everything's level. So. Those three things, and then you know, while you're ordering the uh, string, the string level and the arrow level, order like a foot of D loop, and um, and you'll need a tape measure to check your center shot. Right, which is nothing. Which a is, foot not, of yeah. is nothing. Yeah, D loop is. Cool. I think it's a dollar for. A, it's like five bucks for a foot. I think is what it is. So I mean, yeah, you can do little things like that, and that really will take you to the next level already out the gate. I mean, if you're if you're hitting a pie plate at 20 yards, you might go to a smaller pie plate at 20 yards. Or a golf Just, ball or something. Yeah, sure. If you yeah, especially if you and if you're already doing this, that means you already care. Right. So you might already be a pretty decent shot at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, and what I wrote, I, I thought this on the way here. There's two things to hunting. Okay, you got to find the deer and you got to shoot the deer. Okay, it's 50-50. They go hand in hand. One's not more important than the other. You can be in front of a hundred deer, but if you can't hit one, then what's the point? What's the point? A hundred percent. I agree with that. hundred percent. It's 50-50. So you know, if you're gonna put, you know, this is obviously where you know, 2022, food's not that scarce. This is a hobby for you, yeah. and it's food. And you know, and if you're gonna do it, just go, you know, go a little bit harder into it. And also, you know, it's there's is there anything worse, guys, than wounding a deer? Is there, or, no, or just terrible. flat out missing. Or flat out missing yeah. all that effort and time that you put into getting in your tree stand, all that stuff, and you didn't spend an extra three or four days to check your stuff, or you know you didn't sh- you know you didn't practice enough. So that's the that's a start. Um, and if you're listening to this and you care, please just message me and I can send you links to everything. Or, and you know I'll say hey go to your pro shop and ask for these things, have them order it for you, and it's gonna be around a hundred bucks. It's not a big deal. Um, but you'll you'll be surprised. Um, 
how quickly things tighten up. And um, the, the second question that uh, Jarrett sent me was, what's the importance for hunting for tuning your bow? That kind of summarizes it. And then he said, what's the importance for tuning your bow for target archery? Right. Um, and the, the answer is obvious, but you won't know, you will not know your true potential um, on how well you can shoot with an untuned bow. There are some guys that are just freaks, and they can shoot an untuned bow very well and do it very well, but they're not. There's not too many it's of those guys. It's one a million. It is. Yeah. There's a guy I was listening to a podcast one time. And he said I shot I shot an untuned bow for years and years, and I won tournaments. And it, but then he said at the end of the podcast, he said, "Yeah, but when I tuned it, I shot even better <laughs> after that." <laughs> yeah. So right. some guys just have God given talent, but you'll never know your true potential of your shooting ability unless your bow is somewhat tuned. I mean, somewhat tuned, and it's not hard. Um, and then, and then to roll back to the tools that you need, um, you know, the center shot, uh, is very important on bows and they're most of the time they are, they're specified from the manufacturer, the center shot, because they just, the, the engineers, these bow manufacturers are unbelievable and they know everything about everything. They right. built the bows. So, you know, Matthews is 13, 16, seven inch from the inside of the riser to the center of your arrow, grab a tape measure, make sure your stuff is level, um, put your arrow through the center of the burger hole to start um and then learn how to tie a d-loop you just type in how do i tie a d-loop and you can figure it out on youtube pretty quickly so i mean that just the simple things like that you and i mean if you like to hunt you're gonna probably enjoy shooting your bow i hope you enjoy shooting your bow so this just ties everything together and then it's gonna be more rewarding when you have done a good job getting your bow put together and you put time into it and then you smoke that deer at 35 40 yards and you didn't have a chance so yeah that's kind of the that's my that's my advice to start. Uh, and if you guys, Matt, if you got anything to chime in, or if there's something that you see that I do that I should mention, you should say it. But yeah, that's no. I, I think I think kind of going back to what Jared said about, uh, I think we need to talk about like specifically what people can do tuning wise. Um, yes, buy the levels and everything, and that's a great start. Make sure your bow is, um, let's say, level perfect perfectly. And, but let's talk about, let's touch base a little bit of what you can do after that. So you've already got your bow level, mm-hmm. or maybe you actually go to a pro shop where they do know what they're talking about. Sure. Yeah, and there's so let's, a lot of them out there. Let's, let's talk about that. Like, okay, I want to do more than just paper tune from the shop and go home and sight it in. If so you, if I'd you, say like walk back tuning. Which sure. So if you've got a good paper tune, you're already ahead of a lot of people. That means... This can get deep and in the weeds, but that means you have a, a well-spined arrow. That means your arrow is, is spined to the poundage of your bow. Correctly. Hold on, hold on. I don't mean yeah. to cut you off. Let's talk about this real quick. Yeah, it's yeah, important. Because, very important. Because, hold up. This is, like, super important in my mind. For you guys watching or listening that want to become a better bow hunter, picking up any random arrow with Walmart. any any random field point on it. <laughs> Man, like, for real. That, yeah. For real, though. That, yeah. that is, like... I know. I'm I'm not gonna throw out any names, but there's a there's a guy that I know. In, Don't throw like, any names, please. I'm not. I'm not. There's a, there's a guy I know that like we're actually pretty decent friends, and um, he he gave me some arrows to fletch for him, and he had he had two different two different uh, models Air, of arrows. Models of arrows. Nice. And and they were forty some grains off yeah. from each other, and I, I of course I fletched them for him, and I was like, yeah, well, I'll do that for you, buddy. The next day, I gave him to him, and I'm like, you realize that your arrows are 40 grains off? <laughs> and he's like, why does it matter? They're both, they're, they're both 300 spine. Yeah. And I'm like, 
Yes, they're both 300 spine, but you're shooting a different model arrow. Yeah, now quick side note. Which causes you to miss six inches low at right. 60 yards. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to listen to this and be like, I've been doing it my way for 20 years and I've killed 17,000 deer. That's fine. We're just trying. We're just trying to help you become a little bit better. That's all. We're not trying to put you down if you go to Walmart and get arrows. This is not. I have to be careful because I don't want to sound like I'm in some arrogant, you know, perfect archer. So I mean, no. But this is for the guys that want yeah. to go next level. I just want to say that you know, yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we got to you know tread carefully. We're not for trying sure, to because anybody here. I had when I first started off, I had a very cheap bow mm-hmm. with. Walmart arrows. And it happens. And with the cheapest stuff. And yeah, I, I killed a few deer with it, but I was definitely did not shoot near as well, nor have... Did you ever miss a deer? Or did you, have you so, ever miss a deer? Yeah. I When I picked up that cheap bow with the cheap arrows, mm-hmm. now obviously I wasn't a very good shot yet mm-hmm. because I didn't practice much, but I missed the first two deer that I shot at. And then, I well, luckily I got one with that bow, but I quickly figured out, the obviously, the more money you spend, but the better gear that you invest in. And the more you practice, I mean, it was just like it just catches up. it catches up quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. for sure. The practice is key, guys. Like, I don't want to sit here and say you got to spend two thousand dollars on the greatest and latest yeah. equipment. Practice is key. I can anyone can take a, a Goodwill bow or a pawn shop bow. They sell bows at Goodwill. Well, That's, I wish they. <laughs> I, I don't know if they <laughs> do. Do they have any weapons at no, Goodwill? No, I'd, I'd say no. I'd say no. <laughs> Pawn, pawn shops, shop, pawn yeah. shops. You can take a pawn shop bow. And I bet in West Virginia they got a bow and go well. I, I guarantee you somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Where I was getting at. Is I know. Like, I'm teasing you. You don't need to buy the no. flagship bow. No, we're not. You can buy that. the three hundred dollar budget bow and still tune it and tune it roughly and put no. decent accessories on it. Not crazy, just decent accessories, and you can shoot really well with that. Yeah, bow. absolutely. And really well. and this, you know, like I said, if you guys, you know, it's this stuff is expensive. And we understand that, you know, there is a budget for everybody, and but you can still always maximize what you have, and you have the ability to, you know, have, make yourself better and make your equipment better no matter what the equipment is, so. But, yeah. Let's go back to that. I think we got off topic spine? a little bit. Spine? Yeah, what do you spine. want to spine. No, well. Well, we, yeah, let's, let's touch base. Touch on the spining of an arrow. Sure, okay. really quickly. And because when I started, I didn't know any better. I just went out and got sure. an arrow set up that I like. I didn't know what you know, 340, 250, any of that stuff, man. So when I worked at the Fin, Feather, and Fur here in Ohio, they're, they're probably the number one pro shop in Ohio as far as size and stuff. Size-wise, Size-wise, yeah. Size yeah. Um, they they probably still are. But I had the guy, his name is Chris Murphy. He'll never watch this. He's probably 55, 60 years old now. But Kramer, he, I, I hope he does. I hope he does. He's going to call him. I love later. Chris. <laughs> I, I love Chris. He was so funny. But he called it, I'll just real quick, called it a spline. And for eight years, I said... You know, what spline arrow do you need? It's spine arrow. It's the spine of the arrow. <laughs> I think it was just like a redneck southern thing, but I always called it the spline, but it's the spine of the arrow. And, um, yeah, if you don't, so... Grams per inch. Yeah, I've heard that one. Grams per inch. I've heard that one a bunch. That's cool. I haven't heard that one. That That's cool. <laughs> Splines and grams. <laughs> That's hilarious. But, yeah, so, I mean, this is this is basic, but... You know, this is kind of a cool fact. How they somebody's gonna say I'm wrong, but what I believe what they do is they put an arrow. This is how they this is how they measure the spine, just so you understand it a little bit better. They take the they take the arrow and they put it on forks and at 28 inches, okay. And I believe they take a two pound weight in the center of the arrow, and however far that arrow bends is the spine of the arrow. So this gets confusing. I was confused when I first started. You for most 
for the most part, most arrow manufacturers, the higher the spine, the weaker the arrow. And that's because when you put a 28-inch arrow and you put a two-pound weight in the center of it, as it draws the arrow farther down, the number is higher. So like a 500 or a 600 spined arrow, it's extremely weak. That's a weak arrow because it bent more. So that's how you understand the spine first of all. Otherwise, it's like what the heck? You would think 600 to 1,000 is stiffer than a 200 or a 150 or something crazy like that. So that's kind of a cool a cool fact that I've I've, I've figured out a few years ago, quite a few years ago. Um, so that's how they measure it. And so you know the higher your poundage is, um, and the more front weight you use on your broadheads and stuff like that you need a stiffer arrow um most which is that, lower spine which is lower lower spines like 250 300 350 is a good one to start with 300 is a great one if you're shooting 70 pounds and 27 to 30 inches you need like a 300 to 350 arrow depending on the brand 340 um if you're shooting like 100 grain tips and then you got people like matt over here who like to blow through shoulders he <laughs> shoots what do you shoot out 200 grains up front what do you shoot uh i shoot 150 with a 70 uh, grain insert. Sure. So, so you're shooting over 200 grains. So are you shooting 250s or 300s? I'm shooting 300s, but they're a little underspined. A little underspined, and he's got 28-inch draw. So that's that's probably pretty close. But anyway, long story short, that's how you understand it. And then, you know, when you look at the arrow manufacturers, they have a spine chart. Um, so basically, just take a little bit of time, look at the spine chart from your manufacturer, talk to your pro shop. I'm, I am pro pro shop. Talk to your guys at the pro shop. Um, and just, you know, figure out what's, what's best for you because that really ties in, that really ties into your tune of your bow. If you've got the wrong spined arrow on a heavy pound bow, you will never get it to shoot well through you're paper. You're going to be chasing your tail. You're chasing, you're going to be chasing it because your arrows are over flexing. Um, and if you, uh, and if you're shooting a fixed blade up front, you're just going to be sighting your bow in with a fixed blade. You're not going to necessarily be shooting field tips and fixed blades at the same time. Um, if it's not correct. I actually, quick story, I had a guy, he had a 31-inch draw and like a 70-pound bow, and he brought over a 400-spined arrow, and I spent probably two hours trying to tune this bow, and I was just trying and trying, I couldn't get rid of a high tear out of it, and then I'm like, dude, I think these arrows are underspined too much, and then he brought back the correct spine, which is like a 300, 340, instant bullet hole, instant. So it just shows, it goes to show, you know, how important that is. So that's one of the, that's a major thing. And it's, it's easy and it's also, it's an expensive mistake because when you buy a dozen arrows and you bought the wrong spine, yep. you just dropped $180 on arrows and you didn't take six seconds to look and, you know, or understand what it means. You're going to be chasing your arrows. You're going to be losing arrows. You're going to be breaking arrows. And then you lose efficiency. Like lose that's it. the biggest thing. Like everybody watching this is hunting. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So they, I'm talking hunting too. Yeah. yeah. They, and then you'll, you know, an underspined arrow can actually snap inside of a deer too. A lot of the times. Yeah. I mean, right. you're shooting a deer. Not going to pull past through. Yeah. You either you hit something hard and your arrow can just snap. So, uh, I like to be a little bit overspined sometimes for hunting. Not crazy, but like maybe the next size up, especially if you're shooting more than 100 grains. But that's the spiel on um, the spines of an arrow. It's important, and hopefully that helps just you guys do your understand research. it. Yeah, yeah just do your hopefully research. that hopefully my explanation helped you guys. Some of you guys understand. I hope that this is. And then the other thing that I want to touch base on real quick before we jump off of that topic is make sure if you're going to tune your bow and you're going to spend all this time and effort, make sure that you're running the appropriate weight up front. Whatever your hunting rig is going to look like come deer season, make sure you tune that because I've. I've talked to a lot of guys that will go to a pro shop, tune their bow with one arrow, and then right mm. before season, they, switch. they are like, oh, I, this latest and greatest comes out, and I'm going to shoot yeah. these arrows. Sure. Well, that arrow is not going to shoot the same <laughs> out of your bow. 
and your whole tune's wrong. I've got now. a funny story real quick, and it's it's similar to that. I went I went to the pro shop and I had them, and this was the fin before I started working there. I had them set my bow up, and I thought, oh, I'm a smart guy. I'd take it home, and it was just a cheap rest. And I thought, well, I'm gonna move my rest because I think this is what it needs to do. So I moved my rest, and I don't shoot the bow after the pro shop has tuned it. And I go out in the woods, and I see this buck about 30 yards, and, and he's walking behind some brush. And I never get a shot at him. I was like, man, this is this stinks. So I go back home, and I and I test shoot an arrow to see if it would have hit. I missed six foot off the target. Completely <laughs> missed. So just, you know, just the same thing. Just, you know, test your equipment. And don't change things before you go hunting. And if no. you do, you need to shoot the crap out of it once you change And then the it. other thing I want to touch base on, because I've made this mistake, guys, make sure that if you're going to shoot a lighted knock, that you tune mm, your bow yes. with a lighted yeah. knock. Yes, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. So many people think that it's okay. And, like, going back on that guy that I flushed his arrows for, half his arrows had lighted knocks, half his arrows didn't. And I'm like, like it's not nothing against him. He no, just didn't it, know. Damn right. He didn't right. know. And I'm, mm-hmm. you know, guys, first of all, knock pinch is huge. Because if, if Explain something... Explain that if you want to talk yeah, about it. Talk about What's that. knock pinch? So knock pinch is when you draw your bow back on a shorter axle axle bow. So most most hunting bows are like 34 and shorter. When you draw your bow back, the angle of your string gets a significantly tighter. Steeper. Yeah. Steeper where you're attached to on the D loop. So that's what causes the knock pinch. Just imagine your string is straight. When your knock is on your string, and when you draw it back, it's how how steep do you? I mean, I don't even. Well, I mean, it's so it's so. I hate to be jumping around like this. This is this stinks to jump around. But the knock pinch. This is goes back to the like having your own equipment and having your own tuning equipment and being able to tie your own D loops. Yeah, yeah. And um, and then in addition to that, a little extra is having some extra serving laying around and tying knots above and below the arrow. And a quick way to check to see if you have knock pinch. This is a really cool trick. You're going to – be ca- please be careful with this. this <laughs> be careful. But what you do is you put your you put your arrow in the D-loop, and you, you always draw your bow back with an arrow. Always. Never, <laughs> never draw your bow back without an arrow. But you're going to take – this is what you do. You take the tip off of the arrow, okay? And as you draw the bow back, if your arrow is getting raised off of the rest – that means that you have knock pinch because the weight, the tip do of... Do not shoot your arrow. Do not shoot this arrow. You will have a <laughs> half Zach of Cromer a dry fire. Li- li- liable for anything. Yeah, I'm not liable. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not paying for any equipment that you break because of this advice. Do not shoot it. I have shot uh, without tips before. It's not good. Um, but anyway, what, what that does is that uh, that tells you if... Because the weight of the tip will keep the arrow on the rest. You take that tip off and you draw the bow back and it raises. That means you have knock pinch, and that is just a nightmare downrange past 20 yards. Yeah. I mean, you're going to you never have consistency. Yeah, it's not consistent. And, and, you know, when you add some facial pressure or torque to it, you're talking, we're talking an, a nightmare. So quickly to fix that is you, and this is getting in the weeds again, but you're going to, you, you would tie knots above and below the knock. And like Matt said, if you're shooting a lighted knock, you want to tie in a D-loop to match the lighted knock because they are significantly thicker. Thicker, yeah. thicker, yeah. thicker, thicker. So you, if you go back and forth... Um, just don't. Just don't. Yeah. <laughs> now, just it's don't. expensive, though, because it sucks because you're shooting lighted knocks. But Listen, they buy, do die eventually. Buy six yeah. lighted knocks and yeah. just practice with them. And try not to shoot. If you're a good shot, don't shoot your own arrows because you will destroy them. <laughs> shoot practice different spots. with them. And then you, you have six that you go hunting with. Yes, and then when they die, then you have permanent 
Right. Why did Knox? Yeah, that are same per, weight yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I think there's a few manufacturers that actually sell the Knox without the lights working cheaper. Like six of them for the same cost as three. But anyway, it's really important. Then on the back side of that, if your D-loop is too big and your knock can slop around really sloppily, um, you will <laughs> you <laughs> not a word that, really not a word that appropriately. <laughs> if it's sloppy, you can load your arrow and it can be in different positions in the D loop. Yeah. And then you're Basically shooting high and low and you're just we don't want you guys to chase yourselves because there's nothing more frustrating than shooting your bow poorly and not knowing why. And those little things, you know, I hope we didn't jump around too bad on that, but those we did. things yeah, we I know. Did. Just <laughs> listen to the podcast stamp, like three yeah, or four yeah, times yeah, over, you get it eventually. Kevin, D loop at sixteen, D loop at twenty seven, D loop at eighteen, okay? <laughs> Time stamp it. But yeah, I mean just the I mean, those are the things that I've learned over the years and lucky for these suckers sitting around me, they get to um, experience that professional. So oh, I, yeah, oh yeah. Which is which is I'm happy to help with. But you know, that's that's being in the pro shop for eight years and you know, ten years and I'm I'm happy that I was able to learn it because then that just transferred over to my target archery too. So, I mean, getting learning how to do all that really put me at the next level. And I, you know, and I got to test all of my stuff on the shops, um, on the shops presses and stuff. So that yeah. was, that was a nice, you That's know, cool. but I'm just joking, Finn. I didn't do anything too bad. So <laughs> don't come after me. <laughs> well, and for a lot of new guys that are just getting into bow hunting or target archery, they don't know any of this stuff. So. No, it's, it's, this is. You know, I sometimes I take for granted the amount of, and I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to brag over here, but the amount of knowledge that I've gained subconsciously, over and I know years, yeah. over the years is just like, oh man, like, and then I start talking about it for six hours, and I don't even have, I'm not even out of ideas. So I mean, or out of out of tips and stuff. So and yeah. you know, it just it just compounds, <laughs> it just compounds into um, <laughs> what I what I'm able to do now. So I I love it. I mean. This is I'm passionate about archery. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a problem, honestly. My wife can probably um, agree with that. She probably would. She says I'm an idiot, and I love this a little too much. So, but I mean, that was one of your questions: is what is my passion? Well, I'll, just, I'll just do the podcast by myself. Seriously, no, seriously. It <laughs> from not knowing you. I've, I mean, it's been a few years. Yeah, now, but seriously, you are so passionate about this. I yeah. mean. When you're tuning my bows and you're like something just rubs you the wrong way a little bit, you're like, ah, gotta fix it, gotta oh, fix yeah. it. I don't, I Let don't me tell you what, yeah. them things when he's done with them, mm-hmm. I try they to get. Pile. They, they do, yeah. they do. Good. Yeah, but I mean, before and you might, I might have mentioned this in the last episode, um, but my I, I have a, a, a addictive personality with my hobbies, and so it was baseball. And I was that kid that had about 70,000 baseball cards. Um, they're probably worth something somewhere in a damp basement getting ruined right now. Um, but I, you know, I ha- it's not, I wish I'd collect a Pokemon. Um, yeah, yeah, seriously. This guy next to me. And he did okay. Bunch of nerds. But, um, but yeah, I was, I mean, it went from baseball to archery. And I just, I mean, I like that I can, I like that I don't get burnt out. Like, I can just really. All I think about, focus on, and it doesn't. I'm like, I'm not like, ah, I'm tired of this. Like my dad, when I first started at working in a pro shop, he's like, you're right, you know, you're probably not gonna like to shoot your bow after you work in a shop all day. <clears throat> Wrong. I literally, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I literally could, I could, I could shoot. I mean, I, I could do, I could do it forever. So I'm, I love it, and I love it because I, there's. 
first off, it's an individual sport. Um, and I can I control me. There's nobody else saying, you can't go play. You need to sit the bench. You did this. You did. I decide what I do. I decide how much I'm going to go into this, how much money I'm going to spend, how many tournaments I get to go to, and there's no way that says you sit down unless they beat me, and then I do have to go sit down. <laughs> yeah. But there's no, you know, so that was the right. first thing. And then the second part is there's, you can never, you can never, you can be perfect on score, but you can never be perfect. Like, yeah, somebody shoot, shot 30 perfect arrows in a Vegas round, but they didn't shoot 30 inside out X's. So it doesn't matter the level. It's an impossible goal to reach to be perfect. So in this sport, you can always go to the next level. And that's something that I like about it. There's no peak, you know. I mean, that's the equivalent to you hitting a hole-in-one every single uh, hole on a golf course. It's, you know, it's the same concept as that. It's impossible. Yeah. Um, and if you do do that, you're a liar. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I do know some liars in archery, and it's annoying. But, no, it's um, – but yeah, that's that. Those are the reasons. I know my personality is addictive to my hobby, and then I just know that there's always room to grow. Um, and I liked, and I I'm not an aggressive competitive person, but I'm kind of like a quiet aggressive, like a quietly aggressive competitive. Like I don't like to lose, but I'm not gonna like scream about it. I just right. I'm gonna quietly try to beat you yeah. for the most part, you know. And some you know, of the people I'll, that are scary. Yeah. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, in the background and then you'll be like, Oh, he won. You're like, yeah, I, you know, worked hard at it. So good. Yeah. That's, that's my rant on my love for archery. No, you're good. Dude. It shows how passionate you I are. like really? it. I like it a lot. So, I mean, and the other cool thing is if you were, you know, if you were pro in college or something, you know, for sports, you know, you get to be fat on a softball team. You know, there's no, there's no <laughs> end to archery. There's guys that are 80 years old still shooting their bows competitively. Yeah, right. So that gives me like, I know that there's no end to it, which is, I like that too. So it's, it's a really cool, it's a really cool sport yeah. and hunting too. So let's circle back to, before we jumped onto the spine of the arrow, mm -hmm. different ways to tune your bow that at home past mm -hmm. paper tuning. Yeah. We, we we touched on walk-back tuning. Yeah, so walk-back tuning, and Matt, help me uh, just try to straighten this out. But basically, the walk-back tuning is actually more important than paper tuning. Paper tuning is a great start, um, but the walk-back tune is is a simple um, rest movement when you're when you're in the backyard shooting your bow. So what you do is you take a you, you this is what you do. You take your 20-yard pin and you shoot it 20 yards. And then once you've shot your 20 yards, you have a dot or something that you're aiming at. And then what you're going to do is you're going to hang a string from and, and at the nail. At 20 yards, aim at the top of the bale. Yes, good call. Yes, at 20 yards, you're going to aim at the very top of the bale without missing, without being unsafe. Like aim as high as you can without missing. Without missing and being unsafe. And once you've done that, you're going to hang and you're hitting dead. I'm talking, you're hitting dead center. You sight your sight in. Move your left and right side of your windage of your sight in, okay? You're going to hang, you're going to hang a string off of that arrow or something right above it. With a weight on the end of it. With a weight on the end of it so it's not blown around. And the gravity is going to pull that string straight down, okay? And then what you do after that is you just start going back five yards a piece, and you do not move your sight because what happens is your axis of your sight can be off. So you start, you shoot 20 yards, and you start walking back slowly, and you don't move your sight up and down. You still use your, if you're using pins, you just use your top pin the whole time. And as you go back, you go back as far as you can until you start to hit the bottom of the bale. Don't and do anything dangerous or dumb. Hold on. Just so aim at the same spot. You right? aim at the Thank same you, spot. That's why Matt's here. You with aim, your 20-yard yes. pin. You're so always aiming at the same at spot. At 20 yards, aim at the top of the bale. Yes. You hit in the middle. Tie your string. Go to 30 yards. Aim at the same dot. spot yes. or the same dot with your 20-yard pin. Yes. So your arrow is 
obviously going to hit below your first one. Uh, you but want what, it to. But what you're looking for... <laughs> if it doesn't, you got problems. <laughs> yeah, what you're looking for is you want a perfectly straight line yes. down. And, and then when you get to, like, hopefully if you have a big enough bail and you can shoot out to, like, 50 yards... 50, 60 yards, yeah. This is when you micro... This is why micro-adjustable rests are cool, but they're expensive. So once you get out to 50 or 60 yards and you start seeing that your arrow's missing by, you know, three inches left inches. or three yeah. inches to the right... What you do is you go opposite with your rest of how the arrow's hitting. So if you're hitting left, and we're talking micro adjustment. This is yeah, we're talking like if you don't have a micro adjustable rest, like take it's your impossible take your unless you have a micro adjustable. Close, but you could take an Allen wrench and just tap it, and then all almost all rests have like markers on them, like you know, like hash Little marks. Hash marks. Watch those hash marks, and we're talking like a thirty second of an inch. Like we're talking unless it's really bad, unless it's like a foot off, then you got. Well, problems. you got bigger you got problems, bigger problems than, than that. that. Yeah. But that's um, that is for the guy. In you know, to do that, that means you're doing well and your bow is tuned pretty well. But that is the next level, and that's going to help you with broadhead tuning. Um, yep. And you can. I'm not going to get into it, but you can get into the bear shaft tuning. I need to do more practice of that myself. But there's other things. But that's a good. St- if you're listening to this and you're a hunter and you want to get better to start out. Those two things are good. And paper tuning sounds easy, but it's actually not at all. And you need to have, if you're listening to this and you don't have the equipment or the knowledge, that's when the pro shop steps yes, in. Please and I, go to a pro shop. Please, just do not. I'll, what I was talking about with the levels and stuff, that's safe. That's safe. You're not pressing the bow. You're not doing anything. You can just move the rest around and check your center shot because sometimes, like I said, a tired guy just doesn't check your center shot for you. That's just the, And he doesn't check your D-loop. Those are the simple things, but you're not pressing your bow. You're not going to hurt yourself. We do not advocate, if you don't know what you're doing, to press your bow. That no. will result in a busted bow, <laughs> busted face, um, and I'll be sad for you. Yeah. And I will not pay for your medical bills. So, <laughs> so yeah, but definitely, and, and like, don't, I do not, like I said, I'll say this five times, but do not, this is, we are pro pro shop. Go to your pro shops. Talk to your guys. Um, and then on top of this, if you, um, I'm sorry, this is rambling, but, you know, when you are, if you want to get better with this, and, you know, in the off-season, Matt's discovered this, there's, there are local, for wherever you live, there's local target shoots, and you're going to find some local guys that know what they're talking about. So, you know, it's good to befriend people that have been doing target archery for a long time, and they most likely hunt themselves. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you really want to get next level and, you know, make this a hobby and hunting and Well, hold on. Like, you don't even have to make it a target rig. No. They have hunter classes. Yeah, I'm talking talking to take your hunting rig. Just take your hunting bow and go shoot. Like, in the summer, in the winter. There's 3D leagues in the winter for... It's normally in like a barn or like yeah. in, a, in a shop. Stay or, sharp during the winter. You just shoot twenty yards at three D targets. It's so much fun. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I'm sorry this is rambling, but yeah, just things are coming to the top of my head. Just just shoot your bow. Get, yeah, shoot your bow. And you, you know, if you don't like shooting your bow, but you like to hunt, get a crossbow. Seriously, though, <laughs> for real though, yeah, I 100. Yeah. I, I mean, would, and would that makes me sad. That. You will draw a tear to my eye because you're missing out on a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and but it, it's a lot of hard work. It's and it's hard work, right? but how how satisfying is it when you smoke a deer with your compound at, at, at you know past twenty yards? It's the best. You know, it's one of the best. Well, that's why we do it. Yeah, that's why we do it yeah. because of yeah. the high. Yeah, because you the get adrenaline rush. The hard work that you know what is satisfying if you don't work hard at it. Nothing. So I mean, this is you know, it's just a, everybody should if you're. We should put deer, that on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, um, but yeah, let's get back on track with questions. Like I said, I'm sorry, this is just all about no, place. No, this is good. Because no, yeah, I hope so. 
I mean, I'm even learning a few things. Sure, so. that's what we're here for. So, well, do you want? Do you think anything else tuning wise would be beneficial in the yard? Um, no, but I think that what about uh, like group tuning. Group? No, not yet. That's uh, that's like I'm still much. I'm still gonna be working on some group tuning stuff. I look, I'm watching some pros, and then you know. What follow, about knock tuning? No, no, not yet. That's we. Okay, so I think you could do knock tuning. I really do. No, if, you, if you're a good no. enough shot. Knock tuning is you can do it with paper, but if you're shooting if you're shooting your if you're shooting your bow and you have a paper tuned bow and you are consistent enough and you're not torquing your bow and you're not shoving your face in the string, <laughs> facial pressure, dude. I could be here till <laughs> I could be here for eight hours. Actually, it's already nine o'clock. We'll, we'll, um, we'll, we'll just do another one. Yeah, yeah we'll for sure do another one. But yeah. I mean, uh, where was I going with this? We were talking about knock knock tuning. If you're if you're not shoving your face in the string, if you're not torquing your bow. Um, and you consistently can get a paper to a paper tuned bullet hole. Sometimes with air manufacturers, nobody's perfect. You will get a not a bullet hole with paper. Excuse me. And then what that is is that can that can be your arrow. You'll find out the better you get. It's it's in the beginning. You should not be blaming anything but yourself in the beginning because you most likely cannot see the issues. Okay, because you're you suck because you first started. We but all sucked. Yeah. We all sucked. I mean, I, there's no way I could do this. But if you get better and you can be consistent in a lot of ways. If you're paper tuning and you get bull holes, and all of a sudden you don't get a bull hole, what you can do is you can take your, the the knock on your arrow and you start twisting it, and that uh, up vein or cock vein, whatever you want to call it, as you're twisting it, the cock vein does not always have to be straight up because you can twist your arrow, you can twist the knock, and then you know go to the next vein over. Don't shoot with you know all cross all cross-eyed, um, but you can twist that knock until you get a bull hole sometimes. And that sometimes is just um, manufacturing errors sometimes. Well, what I was getting at more with knock tuning is if you're a decent shot, like you are grouping extremely well and you have a random flyer. Oh, sure. That's outside. what I was sure, getting at. Sure, but you can see it through paper easier. But yes, on top of that, if you're just but shooting most guys, What I'm saying is most guys don't have... Truth, most guys on paper tuner. Paper tuner. So, so what I'm getting at is if you're shooting 60 yards and you're just pounding, mm -hmm. but you have one arrow, sure. it's like every time I shoot, why is this one arrow... Number Six your inches. arrows. Number your oh, arrows. Yeah, for real. Number your arrows. I'll say it seventeen times because sometimes it is the arrow. Like sometimes it is. Yeah. It truly is. Sometimes when you then, get really good. Yes. Yeah. When you get good enough, and then you can call that arrow out. C U L L. Call the arrow, and you can get rid of it. Put it in the we call we call it putting in the back, back of the, the bus, bus. <laughs> in your quiver, and that can be your groundhog arrow. That can be your coyote arrow. Yeah, yeah, whatever you want it to be. I mean, shooting the barn ball. Let's arrow. talk about that so they understand. If you have an arrow that's a flyer, yeah. after you numbered it, yes, uh, consistently. I'm talking like, oh, I shot bad ones. I put, you know, no, no, shoot for a week. Yeah, yeah, you're shooting for even an evening, and you shot a hundred arrows, and that number seven is always. High left, always high left, always every single time. And it has to be time. consistent. It's not like it's a flyer left one time and then a flyer right yeah, one time. Yeah, if arrows two, three, four, five, six are high left, that doesn't mean, you know, that means you're shooting, you know. It has eight. to be consistently a flyer in yes. a certain direction. Yeah, and I agree a certain direction sometimes. But, yeah, it should be a certain direction. Anyway, once you've pulled those arrows and you can find the one that's bad, you've numbered it. What Matt was saying was knock tuning. And it's the same thing I was saying with the paper tuning. You can just turn that knock. Just turn your arrow 180 to the next degrees. Yeah, to the next vein and then shoot it and group it again. And sometimes you can get that flyer out of there. And it has something to probably do. The way they bonded the carbon. Yeah, sure. It could be the, it could be the way the arrow is flexing out of the bow yep. sometimes. Yep. Um, and then also you can have bad components. So don't be afraid to grab a new knock every once in a while and throw a new mm -hmm. knock in there. Yep. Or grab a different field tip and see if the field tips are slightly bent, bent. Yeah. or something like that. I mean, those are – I mean, yeah – 
like I said, if you are having a hard time hitting a paper plate at 20 yards, this is this advice is not quite your, too far. You're not quite ready. You will be if you keep, uh, keep at keep it. Keep trying. Keep, keep it, trying. Keep at it. But yeah. this is like 40 yards, 50 yards. You're grouping like an apple probably or a baseball, and then all of a sudden you have an arrow that, you know, flies out. Just randomly. Randomly. Yeah. And side note, you know, if you're listening to this and you completely disagree, I'm sorry, but this is my life experience and this is what I'm thinking. Hey, and everybody's entitled yeah. to And then if you think I'm wrong, then that's cool, but and then, and then you know, make your Drop own Drop it pod- in the comments, put, actually. Do your own podcast yeah. and tell me that I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, you know, I'm, this is just life experience and what I think is correct and um, you know, I've, I got a little bit of experience under my belt, so I'm not trying to brag about that, but it is, no, it's, it is what truth. it is. Yeah, it helps though to have experience. It does. It backs up your data. Yeah, yeah it does. Exactly. So, um, but yeah. Yeah. So, we're, well, we're definitely gonna have to do another one of these cause there's more stuff in my head that I want to talk about, but I don't want to sit here <laughs> for three or four hours. Where are we at, Kevin? We're yeah. almost at an hour. Okay. Yeah. So let's something, grab, let's, yeah, something let's that I definitely up. want to talk about real quick is, I want you to touch on your business. Yes, thank you. I was and going to force you to tell me. Let me talk about my business. I, <laughs> yeah. No, I want to hear about it, though. <laughs> All right. So if you look at my hat, this is I am the CEO. I am the manager. I am the laborer. I am the salesman. <laughs> He's the janitor. I am the janitor. <laughs> I am the technician. I am um, I'm every position. The engineer. I'm the engineer. I am the, uh, the, yeah, I'm everything. Hey, I'm a tester. Yes. Got, Product tester. I've got some field testers left and right of me. Um, but, yeah, so the third axis design. Um, yeah, this is a new adventure for me, um, and I had an idea in my head. I'm not going to talk about it because I've got to get some patents going, and this isn't the idea that I just came up with, Matt. This is something else. Dude, the one that you just came out with is, yeah. oh, it's sweet. Dude, I'm not even joking. I'm not even joking. not talk about it. I've got to get some patents. He's so nervous. Right I've got, I've He's got like, nobody say it. Nobody say it. No, yeah, I'll, I'll throw his computer out the window. I'll, listen, I'll listen I'm not going to talk about it, but I promise you guys when – when his latest, I'm gonna call it invention or idea, yeah, sure. or That's when fine. his when this thing comes out, oh my, it's pretty cool. Have you ever heard of like reinventing the mousetrap? Oh, <laughs> it actually, oh, it's actually a mousetrap. It's actually not archery at all. Oh, I just made it a mousetrap. I know what it is. It's, I know what one of these is, and I'm already pumped. I, you're, you're pumping me up. It's, so it's insane. I want to get some legal protection on it because I really yeah, I'm I excited about it. it sure. um, but anyway. I've got some fun ideas. Um, I this just goes back to the passion, dude. Like right. I would not have these ideas. I would not have, you know, what I have now without the passion that I have for the sport and how long I've been doing it. Um, but yeah, Third Axis Designs. It's three D printed. I mean, I know that's been thrown around, but I want. I'm trying to make some high quality products that work well. What I have on the market right now is um, the I shoot Matthews. Um, you can tell by my T-shirt if you're watching this on YouTube. Maybe <laughs> the mic's not in the way, but I um, excuse me. I created um, side plates for it, and it's basically it's the grip um, where you where you place your left hand if you're a right-handed shooter. And I've been shooting a bow. I've been shooting competitively for a long time, and there was something that I wanted, and nobody made it. Um, <laughs> except for somebody on Facebook told me they could make it, and so I'm not the only one that can make it. But anyway. Um, it's a, it's a grip, uh, it's a, it's a side, it's called a side plate, but it's the grip of the bow. Um, and it's, uh, they're side plates. So basically you take the grip off of the Matthews bow and from a 2019 and newer, the engage grip, and it's, it makes the grip a little bit thinner and they just, they go on the sides of the, of the grip. That's why it's called a side plate, but I created it with a lip, um, that holds that stops your index finger from sliding over and, um, being on, on the shelf of the bow. 
Um, and I did this because when I was shooting target archery, sometimes my hand got sweaty. My hand, my hand would slide up the grip, and I would actually have fletching contact on my finger because I'm shooting a high-risk grip. I'm shooting my, my, my hands at the top of the grip, and when it gets sweaty and when things get nervous, you will actually clip your fletching on your index yeah, finger. Yeah. And I, if you're watching this on YouTube, once again, my, my index finger is up like this because that's just how I shoot, and I'm relaxed, and my index finger gets raised. So nobody was making anything that I liked that would protect my index finger from being from pushing it down. So I bought a 3D printer, and then I learned how to do CAD on my own. It's all self-taught. Um, and I just started designing my own stuff. And you can go on my Instagram and my link, and you can message me, and I will get you some side plates from Matthew's bow. 35 bucks. I'm going to throw it in there. Hey, a little plug. A little plug. <laughs> a plug. Well, if you're, if you're watching, plug away. If you're watching this long in the podcast, you probably might be interested. You, for you sure. might be interested. We really – Right there, that dude that's watching at home, we appreciate yes, you. Yes, and I hope that this has been somewhat fun and educational. Um, that's the goal. But, yeah, I've got that going. Uh, I'm excited to do the podcast because this is a you know this is uh, something to help me get my uh, stuff out there. And I know right. we have a pretty good YouTube following, and I hope people watch this. Um, but I have some stuff coming out in the very near future. I'm working hard at it, um, and I would love to you know let you it's guys dirty. get into it. It's pretty cool. Um so yeah, I'm I'm excited, but the business is 3D printing. Um, and it's just, just to it's start just archery accessories as of now. Yeah, just archery accessories right now, and that's where I'll probably leave a lot of it. Um, I know one of your questions was, where do I see myself with this business? Yeah, my hope is to have 30 printers in my house, constantly printing. Um, I don't necessarily, I don't know where this is going to take me, but I don't necessarily see myself. Um, having 50 employees. We'll right. see. I right. mean, maybe I will need it one day. I don't know, but I, you know, I. Probably would keep it, you Can know, to myself. Yeah, sure, Matt, you can quit. <laughs> you can quit your job and you can be an employee. Be my desk hey, girl. Hey, remember that. Yeah. <laughs> you have to wear a nice outfit, though. You have to dress up for work. Uh, uh, you answer the phones. I can. I can answer, <laughs> answer the phones. <laughs> and you have to cook me food too. So. How much do you pay me? Mm. Uh, yeah. We'll see. We'll see how my products <laughs> drop here soon. We'll see how much it is. But yeah, so yeah, archery accessories, 3D printed. We'll see where that goes. Um, I'd like to just be able to keep up with production myself if that requires me to quit my job and, uh, you know, be doing that full time. Who knows? I, I'm so excited right. about this product. I don't know where it's going to take me. And this is just very new. So. It's so new, and it's hard when I'm trying to be a target archer, a uh, husband. A worker for Sherwin Williams. Thanks, Sherwin Williams. You guys are a great company to work for. <laughs> um, and do this on the side, and also, you know, be around for family. It's it is. I don't watch TV. I sometimes watch TikToks, which is stupid. But <laughs> I don't watch TV. I don't have a lot of free time. But I don't care. I'm, I'm the type of guy that I have to be doing something. If you make me go sit on the couch for 20 minutes, I'm like, well, I gotta go do something. I gotta go do yeah. something. I cannot just sit sit around. So. Well, that's just who I that's am. That's good for from a business standpoint. Yeah, I try to. I try to. So, but yeah, there's a lot of learning curves. But yeah, I'm keep an eye out, and I will as soon as things are in line and ready to go. You guys watching this and listening to this will be the first ones to hear about it. Please follow my Instagram, and I'm on Facebook, and you can follow me personally, uh, Z Chromes on Instagram. So. Yeah, you'll find us um, with Born Again Bow Hunting, and we get. Yeah, and we'll post. We'll post everything on we'll the Born Again it, yeah. page as well. So just follow the Born Again yeah. page, and yep. So and you'll be yeah. good to go. This was this was fun. Guys. We we're probably at an hour, aren't we? Yeah, just, well, just, just shower. I probably yeah. just talked for fifty-five minutes, hey. probably. So I enjoyed it. Yeah. Everybody um, at home is like, "Who's that? Yeah, <laughs> <over here?" laughs> shush." <laughs> No, this yeah. was good for sure. This was a good podcast. It was fun. I mean, I I'm enjoying. I mean, this is fun. I mean, it's. 
it's it's one thing to have all this information and it's fun to be able to like to go through my head and try to spit it out and and try to share it a little bit and everything that i've told you doesn't replace practice you still right. i mean not that i told you that much but i mean if you want to get good and if you want to dip into target archery i mean it just i think what does it take is that a 10,000 hours to be professional at something is that what that saying it, is yeah, uh, something know. like that. Something like, like that. that, and that's true. Yeah. It is true, and it's perfect practice. Perfect so practice. It's yeah. not just going in your yard throwing your arrows. Like, take it serious. And and you know, like I said, find if you have a local club somewhere, find somebody that's good. Um, ask them for a little bit of help. Ask them where you can improve. Do not go on Facebook and post a video saying how is my form because you're gonna have seventy thousand oh, yeah. people. Saying you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong. Find and one. half of those people don't even know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. You're looking to get bashed. Yeah. 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 So find somebody that knows what they're talking about and hook up with them in archery, and um, yeah, just uh, get better that way. And you know, like Matt said a little bit ago, I will answer any questions you guys have in the comments. I hope we get some views on this. I hope it starts to grow. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to answer any questions. DM me with anything. Um, and yeah, that's. That's kind of it. Yeah, we're very fortunate to just have Chrome read the, and the lines. Yeah. Like, hey, need this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Chrome's, uh, it's midnight, and I dry fired my bow, <laughs> and I got to hunt in the morning. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, Kevin has a friend, that, and he's my friend too, Corbin. Yeah. <laughs> I'll drop your name. He blew his bow up at, a, at what was he, two or three hours away was, at Southern yeah, three Ohio? three hours away. Were you with him? I was not. But he was pulling his bow up with his bow rope, and it got stuck on something, and he gave it just a little bit of a tug, yep. and he it rolled off the his bow. Yeah. And he was at my house at 11.30 or midnight, and I opened my doors you for fixed him. him up. I helped him out. But Dude, what a guy. It's only because <laughs> I went, I've been like, yo, I'm sleeping. <laughs> Get out my driveway. <laughs> I did go to church with him for about five years, so that helped a little bit. I knew he wasn't going to murder me. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I mean, I'm always here for everybody, and I can be there for you if you're watching this. If you have questions, um, I'm happy yeah. to help out. I'm an amateur. I am not. I'm not Levi Morgan, if you know who that is. And but you know, we all have um, our but you're, info. You're a lot better, and you're more knowledgeable than some people. Most for sure. Yeah. And you have the equipment to do it safely. Yeah. Yes, and I have the knowledge to do it safely, and, and I will doing it as a. You did it for work for right. eight years. So yeah. It's like, and I will reiterate. Make sure that if you're working on your own stuff, do know what you're doing. You can actually this this is archery still a weapon, and you can actually you can still hurt yourself in yes. this. Yes, um, for I, sure. I don't know of any deaths, but you can you know dry fire and get yourself hit in the face, lose an eye. Yeah, carbon um, blow up in yeah, your face. You, arrows in your hand. Arrows I've seen in your hand. Before. I've seen that before. Just be careful. I mean, you get you get we work with this stuff a lot, and then you get used to it, and you get, get comfortable, comfortable around it. Yeah. yeah. So just, you know, be smart and be safe and find professional help <laughs> and, um, and and do that the correct way because this if you do it the right way, this is this is the coolest sport on the planet, in my opinion. Yes. I mean this is and you don't gotta be, you know, Mr. Fit either. I mean anybody can do this. This is all shapes and sizes and um, you know, yeah, it's an equal playing field. This is one of those sports that's an equal playing field. And if you're a competitive person and you put in the time and if you're a woman, because there's not as many ladies out there, if you put in the time, you can really get somewhere with this. 
Sarah kind of wants to go the next step next year. Yeah, oh, please. She would do. I mean, if you put the time in, you can do well. You can yeah, do well, yes. and yeah. you can move up the ranks. Um, I have, we have a friend, and he's just starting, and he's moving up quick. His he wants first, to be quicker. His first year shooting. He wants to be quicker, but he's you know I don't know if I was shooting those scores in my first and six he's months. Middle of the pack. Yeah, and oh, that's impressive. I'm giving a lot of free information to him, so you're welcome, buddy. If you're watching <laughs> yeah, this. yeah. You know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know who you are. <laughs> You're shooting so, good though. Yeah, buddy. you're doing great. So I can stop talking. I kind of are we? Are you guys wanting yeah, to go. wrap it up? I had one. more. I go. had one quick. Oh, I just hit my mic. Go for it. I had one quick topic that I wanted to touch, and then a quick story to kind of end it. <laughs> okay. So Cromer touched base on the pro shop thing. Hundred percent support pro shops, but I do want to throw this out there. There are pro shops out there that may not know what they're doing sometimes and you'll know sometimes you'll know and i'm not i'm not bashing everyone i'm just saying be careful like i don't want you guys to think that just going to a pro shop makes it 100 percent legit like if you walk into a pro shop and you're watching the technician eyeball stuff and just kind of like oh it's good enough well and- cabela's don't go to cabela's don't go to bass pro to get your bows worked on please i'm begging you you're better off to spend name dropping just i mean come on come on i mean go buy your equipment from there well, but- that's, that's kind of what i was getting yeah at. i mean like- i'm not being if you were cabela's and you were good I'm sorry, but you should you should go to a different pro shop too. <laughs> but that's just kind of oh, yeah. what I wanted to touch base. Yeah, on. I mean, don't think just going to a pro shop makes it legitimate. Sometimes smaller is better. Sometimes, sometimes yes. go to the mom and pop shops. Go to go to the guys that used to be a professional archer that now they started their own shop. Like go to somebody that knows what they're doing. Cabela's is probably gonna sue us now. I'm sorry, Cabela's. <laughs> just kidding. Go to Cabela's. Get your stuff worked on. <laughs> Uh, is this an LLC? Do we, we get sued individually, or does the company get sued? Okay, thank you. I'll talk to that Matt. That'll be all on me. Yeah, I'll be Matt. Thank you for taking the responsibility, but Matt. If you go to a local shop, it's nice to have a relationship with those yes. guys. And like what you said earlier, go to some shoots and meet some other yes. individuals and yep. have a relationship with those guys. You can bounce ideas back and forth. Yep. They know stuff you don't know. It, it's just a good all-around situation. And I promise if you know your technician, it, he just does that much better yes, of a job. Yes, absolutely. He's, he cares about you. He cares about your bow. Like He realizes that you tell everybody that you know he works on your bow, so he's going to want business. Yes. Just build that relationship and, and shop around a little bit. It's no different than buying a car or you know going anywhere else. Like shop around, figure out who you like, what technician, what shop, and just run with them. Yeah. But I actually real quick to end, and then we'll and then we'll end it. Uh, funny story. Um, I had to run, and I'm not 100 percent not going to name drop because this is bad, 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 bad. <laughs> We've done enough of that today. Yeah. So <laughs> I I do not have a press. I did not have a press. <laughs> So at the time, I did not have a press, and this is why you go to a pro shop. And I went to. Are you gonna tell the story? I'm not gonna say who it was. <laughs> don't tell. Don't. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Should I? Should I not tell the story? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, you can. Should I not tell the story? No, probably not. But now the people are gonna wonder. What did you do? Don't say what you did. Don't. Don't explain what happened after. But what did you do? And end it there. Don't, what don't, did I do? Yeah. Are you going to talk about the, the press, your own press work? Is that what you're going to talk no. about? Oh, okay. 
Matt, Matt pressed the bow by himself, and it didn't go When well. I was 12 years yeah, old. Okay. I thought he was going with that. So no, like, no, no, don't no. Do that. Matt, Matt bent a bow one time. No, no. Wait, okay. no, no, it didn't. Okay. <laughs> no, right. I didn't. Okay, go back. Anyway, no, no, that's no. the story. That's all I'm saying. Go ahead. No, I'm the sorry. one I was talking about was the, um, you'll, you'll find out in a minute. Yeah. So, 100% not going to name drop, because this is like, holy cow. It just, and this kind of bounces back to what I was saying about have a personal relationship. And with Jesus too. Yes, of course. <laughs> I uh, I went to I'm just gonna say a shop. I went to a shop, and I needed a um, peep put in my bow. And I did not have a press. And in order to get a peep in your bow, of course, you need to press it and separate the string. The string. Don't shreds. move your peep sight without a press. You'll cut your string. Okay. Side don't, don't listen to me. <laughs> I'm serious. So. <laughs> so I went to a shop, and it was they were about to close. I called them, and I had a little bit of a drive to get there. And I called them, and I said, "Will you stay open for me to just all I need is this peep put in?" And uh, the 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 guy said, "Yeah, I'll, you know, if you get here by x x time, we'll we'll stay open for you." So I get in the truck, and I'm I'm hauling the to mail. get there. I'm hauling. Long story short, I get there, and. There's three guys that are working. One guy's helping me, and then two are in the back with a customer's brand new, like Hoyt, whatever the latest flagship bow is. I mean, we're talking probably fifteen, sixteen hundred dollar bow with maybe a thousand dollars of accessories. <laughs> they, I watch them draw this customer's bow back and dry fire it. With it, with it, a button. It so they, may have been their own. We don't know. It 100% was not. <laughs> they dry-fired okay. this bow. It scared the kid that dry-fired it so bad that it actually dropped and hit the concrete. They ran down. I should, they ran somewhere to shoot it. They shoot the bow a couple of times, look it over, and then hung it back up on the shelf. Mm. And this is a hundred percent. This is a. This is a. I swear on my life. This is a true story. So That's what is? The, what was the purpose of the story? What's the, the that? purpose? What's it telling the, people? the purpose of the story is go to someone who you trust. True. That is the. That is why I was telling this story. I'm not. I'm not telling this story to bash pro shops. Whoever we're not, we're the not pro. Doing that, no, yeah. we're not bashing pro shops. I'm talking about how there's there's good ones and there's bad ones. Like anything else in this yes, world. Right. Yeah. Anywhere. Find yourself someone that you trust. And that actually cares, like Cromer does. Like, find somebody that actually yeah. is going to do as good as of a job on your bow as they would their own. And let's just say that the place that I went to was, yeah. Woo! <laughs> oh, boy, I just drew back and just, ching! <laughs> Crap! Oh, my, did it, I... But it did, the bow didn't blow up, so it was a yeah, good kudo, bow. Yeah, kudos to Hoyt, yeah. I guess. <laughs> it wasn't Hoyt. <laughs> yes, it was. No, I thought it was a Matthews. No, it was a Hoyt. No, okay. I thought it was a Matthews. I swear it was. No. Okay, well, good job, Hoyt. He had, like, the, he had the H. <laughs> the only time you'll ever hear you say yeah. that. Yeah. You can drive out of their bows a thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. Just don't do that. That's a fact. And says. 100%, guys, I'm not bashing pro shops. I just wanted to tell that story because... Like, sometimes if you go to the biggest and baddest and latest and that, like, you know, not saying that every single person that works at, like, a big box store is bad. I'm just saying that sometimes the... Just get to know them. I agree. Yeah. Like, it doesn't just... Just trust them. Just kidding about the Cabela's. Just get to know... Make sure they know what they're doing. That's... And no matter where you go, 
just find out, maybe talk around, figure out, make sure people know yep. what they're doing. Do your and, research. Yeah, do a little right. bit of research. And this is all we just want you guys to be better hunters, be more accurate, have more fun. You're going to have a better experience this way. And I way. promise you, the the more accurate you shoot your bow, the more you want the to shoot it. The more addicting that yes, becomes absolutely. too. And yeah. then you'll turn into a full-time target archer like myself, and then it takes over. <laughs> oh, my. So, but, yeah. Oh, boys, that was a... That was a haul that podcast. Was a that was a good one. A lot of information there. Yeah. Sorry yeah. if we uh, rambled. <laughs> we rambled a lot, and we, like Matt said, we appreciate you if you watch this because. Hundred percent. Yeah, if I know that there's at least a couple of you still listening yeah, or maybe. watching. Yeah, this is the but this is the start of many. I'm really excited. Oh, many. Yeah. This I'm is going to be the start of many podcasts because I mean, I know you know everybody everybody podcasts now, but I mean I see why. This is a blast. It's so much fun. This is fun. Yeah, this is a good time. So, yeah. Ready to wrap it up? I'm not the host, so you yep, would think that I am. That's right. But I'm a co-host, I guess. But this isn't my house, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it might be by the time I'm done with this podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, guys. Well, to, to wrap it up here, doesn't matter what you've done in the past. You can always be born again. And if you need any information, you can reach out to any of us individually, if you know us, the channel. Message Ask the more Instagram information. born yeah, again. Absolutely. We're more yeah. willing to help with that stuff. So um, yeah. yep. thank Peace. you guys for listening. <laughs>